Hey, goal-getters. Maggie with The Sweat Life here. I interviewed Michael Mader of Hippie Feet this week for our podcast, and I can safely say it was one of the most uplifting and empowering conversations I've had in a while. I mean, this guy had a vision, and he brought it to life. He had a head trauma when he was in college and realized that the support system he had was so crucial to both him getting better and financially him getting through the struggle. So you'll hear him talk about what that did for him, realizing how lucky he was, and then realizing simultaneously on the other side of things that where he lived in Minnesota, there are more people, more youths that are homeless than other individuals. And so people his age that were homeless had no help, were in situations that potentially were similar to his and just ended up on the wrong side of things without the support group, without the community, and ended up living on the streets. So he started Hippie Feet Socks, which initially was a one-to-one, buy one, donate one to the homeless kind of company, but he always knew that he wanted it to be something much bigger. Now he is able to employ homeless youth in various internship programs, essentially, for Hippie Feet, and then is able to refer those folks out to other jobs in the community. So while people are getting back on their feet, they're establishing a support network. They're gaining the ability to get referrals out to other jobs and then go on to be more productive members of society. And so hearing him and his outlook on where he was and how he took that idea and not only created a nonprofit that could do some real good, and by the way, he is hell-bent on keeping it a sustainable process to make all of these socks and other gear that he makes at Hippie Feet, but also to build a scalable business model that has room to grow and to grow profoundly is incredible. He's only 26 years old, and he's already done some really big things, and it's really cool to hear him talk about the goals he's accomplished, and he's really, really inspiring as he talks about the goals that he wants to go after now. And most of all, you'll hear him talk about being curious and just jumping in, saying yes and figuring it out. I loved my interview with Michael Mader, and I hope that you do as well. Enjoy. Yeah, I said I'll be on the road. I'll be back. I'm just reaching for a goal. So don't be upset when I'm not... All right. Thanks so much for joining me on the podcast, Michael. It's such an honor to have you. Uh, I know you are the founder of Hippie Feet Socks. And so when I heard... First of all, the name of the brand, so catchy. Uh, I was so interested to learn more. And then I learned what an awesome uh, purpose that this company you, you created, you and your business partner, Sam. So thank you for joining me. Thanks for coming on board to talk a little bit more about both Hippie Feet and your goals in general. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to, uh, to share a little bit about Hippie Feet today. I'd love to know the genesis of why you started the company. Yeah. So uh, Hippie Feet started back in 2016. I originally had the idea for it, however, um, in the fall of 2015. So I was attending River Falls uh, College um, and I was going into my senior year. Uh, That fall semester in October, I actually had a traumatic brain injury. So I took a tumble off of my skateboard, um, hit my head, uh, 
cracked a few bones that weren't supposed to be cracked and was ultimately uh, forced into a three-month recovery period of time, which um, inevitably I was unable to go to school. I was unable to work and had to heavily rely on my support group. So family and friends that were there for me to drive me to my doctor's appointments, to help me with grocery shopping, uh, cover rent, some financial support as well as emotional support. So I recognized that without that group of people, without that support group, that I could have easily ended up being homeless. Um, so that was my motivation to develop a brand that was able to act as a support group for individuals who didn't have one, for homeless youth in particular. So when I was in recovery, I began writing a business plan for Hippie Feet. And we started actually on a buy one, give one program um, and realized very quickly that we could do more. Uh, so we started in September of 2016. Uh, about 11 months into it, we began developing a program that we call Pop-Up Employment. Now, as of 2019, we are going forward with our mission to solely employ homeless youth and to go back to that Pop-Up Employment program we developed. That is where we actually bring our packaging processes directly to homeless youth drop-in centers and shelters and provide employment to young people ages 16 to 23 who are experiencing homelessness or have been affected by homelessness. And we employ them to package every pair of our socks. So if you ever have a pair of hippie feet socks, you look at the back of the packaging and there's an initials or a signature. That is that of the young person who we gave a job to. Now, as we've kind of scaled this uh, company of ours, this employment program of ours, we've began to provide employment through our screen printing processes, as well as our embroidery processes as well. Wow. That is, I mean, when I think about asking you what some of your big goals you've accomplished and what you're working on, I feel like there's a lot more to, to dive into for you specifically and for the company. But um, it seems like you're already going forward much past you know, what you've already accomplished, which is to create this one-to-one match, which is an amazing goal in and of itself. And you are taking it so many steps further. Did you think that that would happen at the start of launching Hippie Feet? Uh, you know, initially we did have aspirations to have that employment model in place, um, but we didn't realize how pivotal that could be um, for a young person experiencing homelessness, that opportunity to have a job. Um, that income opportunity, right? So as we kind of worked through our one-for-one match, we realized that that wasn't enough and that we wanted to do more. So we actually no longer donate socks for every pair that we sell. We actually have abandoned that portion of our mission so that we could double down on the employment side of things. And the reason being is we've seen so many positive results. Um, The impact that employment has for a young person varies, of course. Um, Some individuals are more ready for employment long-term, and and some are just getting started on their path towards self-sufficiency. But one example that we love to use is a young man man that we'll call Charles. And Charles um, began working in our employment program about eight months ago. Um, At the time, he was uh, out of work. He didn't have a um, place to sleep. He was kind of couch surfing for a while there. And we brought Charles into our employment program and began to work with him, um, began to provide him with some of that you know, temporary income, um, but really began to provide him with a little bit of direction and some mentorship. Um, that's what we see as being incredibly valuable with our employment program is the mentorship that it offers some of these young people. So Charles worked with this program for about eight months, and then we kind of vetted his abilities. We saw that he was ready to take that next step towards his own um, you know, employment kind of uh, uh, career here. And we were able to connect him with an internship through the downtown council at Minneapolis. 
So he went from this kind of temporary income to an uh, internship where he was actually receiving more uh, consistent hours. And he has now been able to take that work and reference uh, hippie feats and his previous employers um, to find full-time employment. He's housed. He has a full-time job. Actually, he has two full-time jobs. Um, he's a workaholic at this point, and he is definitely on a path towards self-sufficiency. Um, and it all started with just that simple exchange of uh, you know an hourly wage for him to package some hippie feet socks. Oh my gosh! Wow, that uh, is an example of like goal setting in a, an incredibly powerful way of giving somebody a hand to help them and then them kind of like pulling themselves in, up and going way beyond what you or they could ever imagine. I think that is so, so powerful. It's the teach a man to fish mentality, right? Right, right. Uh, so when you were back in school and, and you went through the traumatic brain injury that you had, um, was there, you know, what were some of the tactics and I guess the things that people helped you with that kind of showed you, showed you the way to, you know, towards feeling better and then going on to set bigger goals than you could ever imagine? Yeah. Um, I think one of the things that has really helped hippie feet, uh, continue to show growth is my business partner, Sam actually has some experience with some very high growth startups. Um, and so when he and I first sat down in, in 2016, prior to even having a pair of socks on hand, um, we decided that we didn't want to start a company for the sake of starting a company. We, we wanted to start a company for the sake of building it to be a lasting brand, to be something that um, was more than just a startup. We really wanted to build something that could sustain uh, high amounts of growth, high amounts of revenue, and we're continuing to work towards that. Um, so we, we had the big picture thought in mind. We had the big picture goal in mind as we began to put the pieces together to build what is today Hippie Feet. I think that's something that has really been pivotal for us is is we sat down and we decided that we are going to build a, a, a large company. We weren't going to build a, a small business. We weren't going to build you know, your local um, startup, but we wanted to build something that was going to be able to last, that was going to be able to have the biggest impact. So we had the goal in mind of, of building a large scale organization prior to even sitting down and, and, and beginning to, to put this all together. I think that is something that has really helped us um, continue to grow and, and continue to develop new means of employment, um, develop new types of products is we, we've had the idea in mind that this is going to be a big company and not just a small business from the get-go. And when you think about how far you've come since needing to lean on people to help you to help you grocery shop, and then now you are able to help other people realize their potential, what does that look like for you when you take a step back and think about where you were not so many years ago and then who you can help now back in 2015 2016 when i was recovering from this head injury um i was absolutely terrified i had spent you know three and a half years in college and now i didn't realize you know if i was going to be capable of graduating of finishing school i didn't know what my, my future looked like um so i was absolutely terrified of what um my next steps were going to be. And I was thankful to have that support group around me, um, people that motivated me 
Um, even though I had a, a, a college advisor tell me to drop out and go work a, a, a trade job for the rest of my life, I, I had others that were there supporting me and saying, you can do this, you can, you can make this happen, um, and we're here to help. I think that that was so pivotal for me is to have that group of people that believed in me. Um, and that's what we want to offer through Hippie Feet as well. We want to show that we are believing in the young people that we employ. Um, we see what we're doing as investment in people. Um, I believe that if you invest in people, you're going to get the greatest return out of any other type of investment. Um, people are going to you know, take that inch you give them and, and run a mile. Um, I, I truly believe that. And something that I was fortunate enough to have the opportunity to experience is, is when your back is up against a wall, but somebody, somebody gives you that hand um, and says, here, I'm, I'm here to support you. I believe in you. I believe that's what I've tried to take with me um, in all my relationships, not just with homeless youth, um, not just with other people that we work with, but um, we truly try and believe in what we do and believe in the people that we're doing work with. I think that's something that we will always have at the core of our business. And that, that stems from the original experience I had when I faced adversity after this uh, head trauma uh, incident is I had people believe in me and I had people invest in me and, and were willing to put their effort and energy and thoughts um, directly into what I was trying to accomplish. And I couldn't have done it without any of that. And so I want to be able to give that back to young people experiencing homelessness now um, is to say that, hey, we believe in you. We see your potential and we're going to invest in that. Um, I think that's that's pivotal for what Hippie Feet is today. Mm-hmm. And I, the homeless population in any city, uh, it, it's something I think about a lot because there are, they are people. It's not um, just a blanket statement, the homeless. Everybody is an individual who came from somewhere and has a past and has a future. And it hits home for me. My dad is a, is a director for plays, but he's working on a project with the homeless population in my hometown. Uh, and he just talks about like the stories he's learned and how impressed and how much he's learned from people that he once probably thought he wrote off. And so I think what you're doing is obviously very, very impactful for so many people, but specifically for breaking down that stereotype that, that there's just, it's the homeless or not the homeless. They're individual people with hopes and dreams. Absolutely. Like you said, homelessness gets generalized far too much. You think of, of the guy on the corner asking for change, right? And that's, that's not how homelessness actually is. Um, now, we focus on homeless youth and we do so for a reason. And the reason being is we've seen homelessness become a cycle. Um, if you've been living on the streets for a number of years and you have people walk past you every day that don't pay any attention to you as an individual, as a human um, your thought process changes. Um, that's when mental health issues become incredibly prevalent. And we want to stop that cycle before it has an opportunity to become a cycle, right? So we focus on young people and we try and give them the opportunities early on. Um, we focus on, again, that population of 16 to 23 year olds. And we try and get them opportunities before they have um, been homeless for too long, before that cycle begins to develop. And one of the craziest things about homelessness is it is often young people, especially in Minnesota here. Our homeless population is primarily young people. It's actually 60% um, of our entire homeless population is wow. people ages 16 to 23. And when you're talking about youth homelessness, 
it really goes unseen because nobody wants to be portrayed as homeless. They all want to dress nice. They want to wear the same clothes that you and I would. But the difference is when you go home at the end of the day, they find a shelter, they find a bus stop, or they find a light rail to sleep on. Um, So they're not given the same opportunities that you and I are, and we're trying to change that. We're trying to provide more opportunities or at least provide some sense of structure so that they can begin to build themselves up and out of the current predicament. Where did you, uh, in the the journey of knowing that you wanted to start a company that would ultimately have a lot of opportunities and to grow and scale and be big, uh, match with this dire need for specifically the population of youth that are homeless? I guess I... Um, again, I recognized how easily my potential to become homeless was just through this, you know, major health incident. Right. Um, and I, I obviously, you know, assumed that I wasn't the only person who has experienced a right. you know, major crisis in their life, whether it was, whether it was health, whether it was any, any number of reasons that somebody could, you know, all of a sudden be experiencing adversity, where they can't keep up with rent, where they, um, can't keep up with their bills, where they lose a job and aren't able, able to find another. I'd, realize that something as simple as, as an accident, something as simple as um, being laid off can lead towards homelessness if you don't have a group of people around you to, to lift you back up or support you. Um, so that is my connection to homelessness. And my particular mm-hmm. connection to youth is everybody remembers what it's like to be young. Um, I am still, I'm 26. I'm incredibly young. Um, it's a scary time. You know, you're trying to figure it out uh, figure out what you want to do um, with your life, what you want to contribute, what what your value is, what your purpose is, right? Everybody's searching for those answers. And for those that don't have the opportunities that everybody else does, that becomes an incredibly challenging thing for them to figure out, um, to figure out what their purpose is, to figure out you know what they want to do for a career. And if you don't have a support group around you and you experience some hardship or you experience the loss of a job or the loss of a family member or um, loss of a particular ability, um, you're not focused on finding what your purpose is. You're focusing on survival. Um, so in order to survive and in order to move forward in life, you you need help. Nobody can do it on their own. Um, so we want to step in and, and we want to be that help. We want to be that relief so that these young people can focus on their purpose again. Um, if we can get people a little bit more self-sufficient, a little bit more back on track, a little bit more closer towards what it is that they see as a long-term option for them as a career or as, as a sense of purpose. Um, we can see people truly take that and, and run with it. Um, we're only providing a very, very small service in the grand scheme of, of homelessness. You know, we know that there's mental health issues, there's addiction issues, um, all these different things that, that, you think about when you think of homelessness, but we are able to step in and, and provide that opportunity through employment. So we focus on one specific area and we focus on one specific age group because that's, that's the width of what we are able to accomplish. And if we can do our part, we hope that others can do their part. And in total, um, that should lead towards um, more opportunities for homeless individuals. Yeah, I, I think it's really, really amazing to to laser focus your energy because it is such a huge problem with so many arms and legs that extend into other realms that, you know, there's no, it feels almost like you could just be helpless 
It, it is laser focused. That's a good way to explain it. It's something that, um, you know, we see this, this problem as, as, as being, uh, all encompassing, but we can, we can do a, we can do our jobs, right? Like we can, we can focus on employment. We can focus on homeless youth. Um, we see young people as having the most amount of opportunity left in their lifetime. Um, if you're able to stop homelessness in its tracks before it becomes a cycle, um, then you should be able to diminish the total population of homelessness going forward. It also provides people that go through, is it a program or is it a job? Is it like you get a job and you are a part of this for an extended period of time or ongoing? So it's, it's a, it's a mix, right? Um, it's a little bit of both. We, we have our program where we call it pop-up employment because we go directly to nonprofits. We go directly to where the youth are. They aren't employees of hippie feet. They are contracted workers. Um, so we are able to provide them with temporary income. It's not sustainable. They're not going to be able to take this income and live off of it. Rather, it's something that they can use for transportation, for shelter, for, uh, diapers, for food, whatever they need that extra 20, 30, $40 for that given day. That's what we're providing. And then we're providing that mentorship, that, uh, reference for the future. So we're able to work with 70 to 80 young people at a time, obviously rotating through, uh, on a weekly basis so that we provide fair opportunities. But we look uh, in this program, we try and embed it for individuals who are a little bit further along the path towards self-sufficiency. So we look at employment as a stepping stone type system. First, you have to be able to show up on time. You have to be able to be in a position where you are able to work a consistent job. So that is, that is our pop-up employment program. It's step one. It's the bare minimum. It's get money in your pocket, get experience, on your resume, get a reference for the future and you're earning income in a safe environment. You don't have to go out and hustle for it. You don't have to go out and do something that is undignifying. We're providing income in a dignifying way. Um, so that is, that is step one. Step two is then referencing these individuals elsewhere. So we have a partnership with a nonprofit that for the last 15 years has been providing jobs to homeless youth or internships rather through woodworking and screen printing. So we do all of our screen printing for our apparel through this organization. Um, but we actually wrote a capital campaign for them uh, to raise money for an embroidery machine. So now that that capital campaign, campaign is finished, um, they raised $115,000 to this campaign that we wrote for them. Uh, that allowed them to actually buy an automated screen printing press, which increased their efficiencies. They're able to hire more homeless youth as a result. Um, and now that they have this embroidery machine, um, they're actually able to open a brand new internship, an embroidery internship. So they're able to actually work with four new um, young people experiencing homelessness every quarter. Um, and all of our socks are now embroidered and apparel products are now embroidered through this nonprofit. So that is the secondary step. It's more structured, structured internships. And then a step after that would be referencing somebody to an external source that uh, an example of that would be the internships with the downtown council of Minneapolis here. We're able to vet people through this program to say, we've worked with them through pop-up employment. They've had an internship, they've gotten some valid experience, and now we can comfortably and confidently say that they are able to work in a full-time arrangement. And from there, we've seen people really run with that opportunity. Then it's, it's, it's no longer hippie feet managing these relationships. It's the individual themselves. So we see employment as a stepping stone program. And right now we're offering um, step one, we're partnered in 
areas that are allowed to uh, provide people with that step two opportunity. And then some of our goals for the future is to actually be able to have more employment internally. Um, to actually have year-long employees or year-long internships where they're working full-time, they're getting experiences, whether that's through uh, a warehouse, whether that's through our pick-and-pack operations, whether that's through um, a managerial role with our packaging process. Some of our long-term goals are to actually in-house some of these steps of employment um, so that we can provide more structured uh, jobs to these young people. I'd rather work with 50 individuals for a year and be confident in their abilities after that year than work with, you know, a thousand individuals for a few hours in a given month. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that makes total sense. And the stepping stone process that you outlined is, it's very like methodical and it makes a lot of sense. And it answers to a lot of like the gaps and the the holes that are missing that a lot of people just don't have opportunities to to get that very first job or to get that first recommendation because at that point, you know, they don't, they don't have that. No one is reaching out with a hand. And so the fact that you're doing that to the degree that you are and thinking with that kind of foresight, it's incredible. So congratulations on the past. It's only been four years, five years, Uh, actually going on three. Oh, wow. I can't do math. (laughs) That is incredible. When you look back prior to this company, and you think about goal setting in general, what you envisioned for yourself, what has changed for you? You know, I've always, my dad owns his own business, so I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur. But what has changed is I want to be more than just, you know, a business owner. I want to be a resource for people that have their own ideas. I want to be a resource for youth that are struggling or for young people that are at a, a moment in their life where their back is up against the wall. Like I said earlier, I had so many people extend that hand after I was recovering from this head injury. I want to be able to assume that role. Um, I want to be able to you know, pay it forward in the sense that I've had so many people assist me throughout this process, and I'm sure I'm going to have a thousand more assist me throughout this process. Um, I don't just want to be a business owner. I want to be able to be a mentor for others that have had similar experiences um, to my own or, or experience something that I might be able to uh, lend a hand at. That idea of being able to give help because it was given to you, I, I think that's a lesson that we all need to learn that we're always going to have to accept help. And then we should always be able to turn around and give it back as soon as we can. Um, and that we owe it to each other to offer the hand. Because uh, you never know when someone really needs the help and you never know uh, if you could be the one to provide it if, as long as you just offer and as long as you're open, vice versa. Absolutely. Being, being, open, being open to um, helping others and, and being open to receiving help. I think that's, that's a very important lesson for everyone to understand. And as somebody who's 26 and making your own path that you are with, obviously with a lot of help from people that have offered it to you and that you're accepting, what kind of advice would you give to other young entrepreneurs? If you have an idea, if there's something you want to do, just do it. Take the, take the leap. Um, I think that's the, the biggest barrier holding most people back. You know, 99% of the world has ideas and people have great ideas, but being able to take that risk to try and, and get your idea off the ground or make your idea a reality um, a lot of people stray away at just the the fear of failure. I'd say 
let fear be a motivator. Um, don't let fear consume you, but let fear be a motivator. And you're only young once. So if you have an opportunity, um, your risk tolerance when you're younger is definitely the highest. Um, so, so take risks and try and start things that you have a, a grandiose vision for, right? Just, just start. That's, that's my advice. Um, and never be afraid to ask for help. That's really good advice. <laughs> start somewhere and then keep asking questions. Absolutely. Be curious. And I know Hippie Feet is doing big things for humans in the world. It's also got a huge sustainability component. Isn't that right? That is correct. We make all of our products domestically here, but we're focused on using environmentally friendly yarns to make the majority of our socks and apparel products. Um, So recycled yarns are actually yarns that are taken from the trimmings of t-shirt scraps. We spun into a new fiber, and that is a process that actually uses 99% less water than growing traditional cotton wood. So in total, I believe we've actually saved over 14 million gallons of water just through using recycled yarns. Um, it's something that we're dedicated to. It's something that we will continue to uh, do going forward is, is making sure that all of our products, all of our packaging is made with sustainable materials, uh, preferably recycled materials. How did you figure that out? How did, that seems like a whole scientific process. <laughs> it was a really long math problem to determine the, the amount of gallons we've saved, um, that is. Um, but we actually, recycled yarns are, are more available than most people would assume it's just a matter of committing to them, right? So there's a, our, our manufacturing is done in the United States, but we actually source our yarns from Spain. There's a, a massive recycling um, facility out there that breaks down these, these trimmings of t-shirts. It's a fairly easy material to find, but you just have to commit to it. Um, and that's something that I would hope most other businesses commit to in the future is, is looking at ways to continue to minimize our you know, footprint. Um, whether it's using recycled yarns or organic cotton, whatever that might be, we, we want to be dedicated towards sustainability. What an incredible goal to have and, and a big one. I mean, that by itself is huge. And then on top of that, also to make money to keep going and also to help the youth homeless population in uh, Minnesota and beyond. It's big. <laughs> it's all very big. <laughs> we, we try to do big things around here. So when you look forward to what's next and what you want for hippie feet and then maybe what you as just michael want do you have some big goals that you're maybe a little bit afraid to say out loud well i guess you know running a a business that is still very much in its its startup phases and um running a business that is so mission focused like ours um i see myself as having two different roles right i have to propel the company forward. Like we have to make money in order for us to um, provide jobs to young people affected by homelessness. Uh, But at the same time, I want to do our employment program, our mission side of things. I want to do it justice. So it's definitely, it's definitely hard to think so far ahead um, outside of hippie feet at least. But one of my goals for Michael personally um, would to be that mentor figure that I've had, you know, so many of of in my life. Um, Once hippie feet is at a point where I can, you know, maybe hopefully someday um, slow down with my role on the business and uh, the, on the mission side. I'd love to be able to be the mentor for those that you know have ideas. That uh, I want to. I want to be the person that has come to me in the past and, and said, "Hey, I, I'm I'm here to help." 
Mm-hmm. And I mean, with all of the experience that you're getting in real time with starting a business from scratch and from learning on your feet and really putting something together that there is no pathway for, you're carving it yourself, that will prove to be life skills that are transferable to anyone in anything and people will love to learn from you. Absolutely. Going back to that advice um, question, that, that's something that I've, I've always been just blown away by is I'm one of those people that I learn more by doing things and the width of knowledge that you can gain from just going out and trying something. You're never going to have all the answers, but if you just go and, and try and learn about you know, a solution to a problem that you're having, you'd be amazed at what you, what you totally end up learning and, and what type of skill that provides you with going forward. Your mentality is like a, it's a breath of fresh air. It is awesome. So thank you so much for sharing a little bit of your story and Hippie Feet's story and best of luck to you guys. Thank you, Maggie. I appreciate you having me on today. Absolutely. This podcast is a sweatlife.com production and it's another thing that's better with friends. So please share it with yours. You can subscribe anywhere you get your podcasts. And if you have a chance to leave us a rating or review while you're there, we would truly appreciate it. Special thanks to Jay Mono for our theme music. To our guest this week, Michael Mader. Thanks to Ryan Deffett for editing. And of course, an extra special thanks to you, our listeners.